You're listening to Unexpected, the podcast bringing you real conversations from those of us who have suffered pregnancy and infant loss. With comfort and hope for the future, I'm your host, Ashley Bitterman. Today, I'm sitting down with Stacia as she shares her traumatic story of experiencing a stillbirth at 34 weeks without even knowing she was pregnant. So Stasia, I am so looking forward to our conversation. I'm, I'm so grateful that you've agreed to chat with me. You're somebody that I had reached out to on Instagram after reading your story and really wanted to, to talk with you because I think that your story could help bring comfort to other people. Now, before we dive into the heavy stuff, let's start with one, two, three. So one thing that you can't live without, two of your all-time favorite movies and three celebrities you'd want to have dinner with. What was the first question again? One thing you can't live without. I'd have to say, especially because of what I went through, my children. I mean, it may be like something everybody says, but I mean, after going something, going through something so traumatic, it makes you think how precious life is and how in any, in any moment, anything can happen. So, 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 so true. And don't take any moment or anyone or anything for granted. Yes. So two of your all time favorite movies. Um, I would have to say like one that I can watch over and over, but since going through this, I can't, but it, um, I would say Juno growing up teenage years. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I also, I, I love that movie as well. And there's some good quotable moments in there, but I definitely imagine how it must be different after going through what you've experienced. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm also like a romantic and the notebook. I can watch that over and over and no, no matter how many times. Uh, great choice. Yes, I, I agree with you on both. Although I usually can't watch like the second or the last quarter of the notebook because it's just yes too sad. <laughs> and then three celebrities you want to have dinner with. I would have to say the you know friends the actresses and actors in it. Yep, that is my number one obsession. It's it's like a problem and my husband is not thrilled. It's something like I have to watch Friends every single night before I fall asleep. And That's the same that. with me. Yes, I've been doing it since freshman year of college. So it's been years and years and years and I haven't gotten sick of it yet. And my husband is like, how do you still want to watch this? And not only do I want to watch it, but I still laugh and find it funny. Yes. My husband actually laughs. He'll watch it. Sometimes he will say like, how can you watch it? But then there's times where out of nowhere, we'll quote out of the, out of the show. Oh, of course. Everything's everything in life can be cared, be compared to a friend's moment. I'm convinced. Yes. (laughs) Great answers. Um, Okay, so let's dive in a little bit to your story. So you have two children already, right? Yes. And how old are they? My son, Aiden Ray, is six, he'll turn seven October 30th. And my daughter, 
just turned five July 11th. Oh, wow. What's it like? What do you love most about being a mom? Just out of nowhere, how they can run up to you. And even when you're having like your bad day and you feel like you're failing, it feels like they know and they just randomly run up to you and hug you and say, I love you, mom. You're the best mom in the world. I feel like there's probably nothing that compares to that. Yes. That's so sweet and so special. So Stacia, you have a very unique story dealing with the loss of your baby. Yes. What happened? Well, on the morning of July 27th, I was sleeping in bed, but something woke me up because I was just like my stomach hurt. It was like my lower left side. It would just hurt and it would get into like a ball. Like it would just be really, really hard. And I didn't know what that was. And from the get-go, I was like scared, a little scared because not knowing what it was. My husband was home from work. He had asked me um, if I was okay because normally um, I have fibromyalgia. So I always have constant pain. So sometimes like a hot shower will help. So I thought it was that. I also have endometriosis. So my periods are irregular in general. And like my stomach was cramping like if you're gonna start your menstrual cycle and that's what I thought it was so he asked if I was okay and I had like tears in my face and I said there's something wrong I don't feel right and he said okay what do you want to do and I had said um I think I'll wait in the shower a little longer then um I couldn't even last five more minutes in the shower I got out and I had a towel on and I went into the room crying. I said, I'm in so much pain, it hurts. And I was trying to breathe because I noticed that they were like, the pain was far apart still. So like, even if I thought like, oh, maybe contractions for whatever reason, like I was just like, no, cause that's, you know, I have two kids. So when you have contractions, it starts in the middle of your stomach and it gets hard. Hmm. so I was just like this don't feel right I was telling him and he had said you know I think we need to take you in and I said no I don't want to go and he said but if you're holding on to the bed and crying your eyes out that you can't take the pain I'm gonna need to take you in so then we get to the hospital he he said he told me to wait in the car he ran to get me a wheelchair uh, she said, the, the admitting person said, um, are you pregnant or can you be pregnant? And I said, no, not that I know of, especially because of the endometriosis. My periods are irregular. And so she said, okay. And it, like now it frustrated me because she gave me like this, I guess you could say dirty look like, oh, she's crying because of stomach pain and she probably has like a stomach ache or something so he wheeled me away and I had told him I was trying to sit in the wheelchair and I asked him like can they hurry up this pain is so bad I said I feel pressure down there 
like if I have to use the restroom again, number two, and there's just pressure, my body's pushing something out, like, and there's history of fibroids, cysts, everything in my family. My mom's mom, when I was younger, had like bleeding and her body was pushing something out and it turns out to be like fibroids and cysts. So I thought that could have been it since I have endometriosis. And the paramedic guy saw me and he put gloves on and he's, you know, trying to help me and telling, telling the admitting and nurses, like, she needs help now. Like, what is taking you so long? And there was only two people in, in the waiting room. And um, he, uh, he had said, okay, you said you have stomach pain. And then he says, you said like your body's pushing or something. And I said, yes. And I, and it was a male doctor. And I know how like, you need like either a nurse or another doctor with the male doctor. Yeah. And I said, I give you full permission to take my pants off and, and to check to see what's going on. Like I beat him to the question because he was going to ask like, is it okay if I check? I beat him to the question. There, all of a sudden there's like six, seven nurses, that male doctor and a female doctor. And he pulled down my pants and he said, I'm going to check. Okay. And I said, okay. And he moved my legs. And well, actually before he did that, he had told the nurses, put an IV in her, give her pain meds. You know, she shouldn't be in this much pain. Then that's when he looked um, down there and he had told the nurses and doctor she's pregnant and she's in labor and the baby is coming. Oh my God. Yeah. So what is your reaction when you hear she's pregnant and she's in labor? My eyes honestly got so big and I looked at one of the nurses. I said, and I was shaking. I said, are you serious? What's like, are you serious? And I couldn't help but shake. And I'm crying because everything is racing in my head. Who knows like how far along I am? Who knows what's going on? Like, is he okay? Well, now that we know he's a he, but I said, is the baby okay? Is the baby okay? And they didn't answer me, but they had told me, you need to push. So I'm pushing. I pushed maybe twice. And the doctor told another doctor to grab the cord. And um, they had said, like, release the cord. So it must have been around him. And then they had said, um, I will never forget what they said, but they said, and it still upsets me to this day, but they said the the fetus didn't make it. They said the fetus is not viable. They told me to push more. And all of a sudden I know is they didn't even tell me they took took him away. They just, they literally just, as soon as it happened, grabbed him, took him away. But while I was pushing, I asked the sweet nurse, I said, I'm by myself. Can you hold my hand while I'm pushing, please? 
I said, please don't leave me. I'm by myself. Oh. And so when they took, when they rushed him away, they said, we're going to transfer you into a room. Okay. I said, okay. They wheeled me upstairs to the second floor because it's labor and delivery. They literally got me right in the door and I said, I feel wet down there. I feel wet. So they looked and I knew something was wrong because the nurses panicked. Mm. They said, she's hemorrhaging, she's hemorrhaging bad. Call this doctor, call this doctor. Like they were calling any doctor. They said, we need any doctor here. And they said, they just kept saying I was hemorrhaging bad and called the OR. And I'm thinking in my head, oh my God, the OR, like I'm going to probably need surgery. How is my husband going to know where I'm at or what's going on? Because I didn't call him yet since I was waiting for them to put me in a room. And that's when I had said, I feel like, a lot of pressure down there again and they said you know you have to they have to get the placenta and I said okay well it's bad like all over again it's bad and so she looked she said hold on I'm gonna find a doctor and there was no there was no time for a doctor there was no time for a doctor they they did tell the nurses when they got me upstairs, give her pain meds. We don't care what it is, give her pain meds, especially going through this. And nobody gave me anything yet, which I I was scared because I hear that I'm hemorrhaging bad and they have to call the OR and that I I knew I I mean, it sounds silly that I watched like a bunch of Grey's Anatomy, ER, House, all of that. Yeah. But I was, I was already getting dizzy. I could feel that I was losing so much blood. So I just felt dizzy and I'm fighting myself to stay awake. Then I, then the nurse had said, is there anybody we can call? And I said, I can call my husband and I called him. He said, Hey, I dropped the kids off with your mom. Is everything okay? And I didn't know how to tell him. I didn't even want to tell him over the phone, but he kept, are you okay? Are you okay? Do they know what's wrong? Do they know what cause what's causing your pain? And I said, you're going to have to come up to the second floor. And he said, what the hell is going on? Why do I need to go to labor and delivery? And I said, that pain that I was feeling, I guess it was in labor. And I delivered a baby. And on the phone, I didn't know what the baby was yet. But I knew my husband was going to ask. So I said, can I, you know, can I ask what the gender of the baby was? And they said, it's a little boy. So I told him, I delivered a baby. They just told me it's a little boy. He didn't make it. So he said, I'm coming. He was, I can hear him on the phone crying. They, he said, I'm coming. I'll be there. I'm on my way. And I said, 
be careful. Just be careful. Don't try and rush. So when he got here, he saw that they they had to cut my shirt because I was just in so much pain and I was so dizzy. And the placenta was in a in a one of those tin things that they put it in. And he's there and like I guess maybe two minutes later, um my OB came in and he didn't even know what to say. And he started, um, they, right before he got in, they did an ultrasound, I'm assuming to make sure everything was out. And he said, um, he had it give me like six stitches, I believe. And he's telling them because I'm, I'm crying because he had to stitch me. Um, he had to do like a DNC because he had this like big knife thing. Like, I guess you could say, all I know, it almost looked like a butter knife, but really, really long. And oh. there he is, you know, pulling clots and clots out. And you're fully awake for this? Yes. Oh um, he, right before he had said, um, did you give her any pain meds? And they said, no, we were waiting on a doctor's order. And I wasn't going to fight them, but I was like, they told you downstairs as soon as I got up to give me something. And he kind of got frustrated at them. He said, give her something. You really think that she can go through this, you know, without any pain medication? Like, yeah, she went through labor, but now I'm taking clots out and I have to do a DNC. Like, and he had numbed me, but I still felt the pain. So he had to numb me again and he had like snapped at them, give her more because, you know, she's in so much pain. And they kind of said, we just gave her some. And he's like, well, you know, no offense, but like, who are you? He didn't say it, but he just said, I am doing a DNC like you have to give her something else and I can remember that while he was doing it I was just crying and screaming I was crying and screaming because one I had a baby and I didn't know I was pregnant two the baby didn't make it and because of was painful so freaking painful yeah my husband I was holding my hand and trying to like kind of like not force my head towards him but he didn't want me looking at everything the doctor was doing and I thank him for it because I'm sure I would be going through way more if I saw everything and as soon as he stitched me I said do you do you know anything do you know what happened? He said that my placenta looked small, almost like, I guess you could say like, if it wasn't like, I don't know, like not if it was growing or the size it should have been. Cause they said, since I wasn't monitored, they cannot give me a spot on um, definite answer of how far along I was but they said I was 33 to 34 weeks pregnant 
and they said it sounded like my placenta um that I had a placental abruption that it detached and I do know that with that it's fatal either just for the baby or both mom and baby wow and I was crying because I still didn't know how to like process everything and the doctors just I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I'm telling them that is unbelievably traumatic and yeah they said I you didn't even look pregnant when you came in yeah that's that's what's I'm sure I a common question that if you share this story you get asked a lot is how how did you not know that you were pregnant, especially if you were, sounds like very far along. Yeah. Um, I still have all of the pregnancy tests that I took in. They were all completely negative. Like there's no faint line. There's no like, you know, how women say, oh, look at that's a line. And it's like an evap line. There's yeah. not even that. I didn't have morning sickness. I didn't have a pregnant belly like people would. And I didn't like, I know some women have swelling in the face towards the end. I didn't even have that. I didn't, and it makes me upset. I didn't even feel him move or anything. Hmm. And so none of that. That is so devastating and I thank you for being so open and and sharing your story and resurfacing these emotions that I'm sure are with you every day but I know it's hard and I I cannot imagine the amount of confusion and pain and sadness that you had to experience all at one time that feels like that feels impossible to do. Yeah. Did you spend any time with your baby? Yes. They brought him in. Um, me personally, I wasn't ready to hold him because I was still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I had a baby. And at first I said, I don't want to hold him because I I blame myself like I'm his mom. I should have I should have known or anything like and and I beat I beat myself up because like I'm his mom. I should have known, but at the same time I didn't have no pregnancy symptoms that everybody gets. My period was like irregular they told me that I ended up having preeclampsia and and that too they said I had preeclampsia but my feet weren't swollen my my hands and fingers weren't swollen none of that really what is preeclampsia um I don't know like the definite like term but I do know with preeclampsia you have protein in your urine and you end up developing high blood pressure caused by it. Because I know they did say that 
like right before he was doing the DNC, my blood pressure, they said, was scary high. That they thought something was going to happen to me. It was like 190 over like 120 or something. And I remember them pumping me with so many meds, trying to lower the blood pressure. And on top of that, giving me antibiotics because they did say he had to like pass away at least three days prior. Because when we when I delivered him, they said you can they were trying to be nice and respectful, but they said you can kind of tell that like when any person passes away, things are happening to the body. That's also why I beat myself up like three days prior. What the hell? Like and Stacia, I, I'm sure e experts more than I am have assured you, but I hope you remind yourself every single day that this, of course, was not your fault. And it is such a sad, tragic, traumatic thing to have to experience but you don't also have to experience the guilt of feeling like you did something wrong. You And I guess you can say I have um, survivor's guilt because like I am grateful. My parents are grateful. My husband is grateful that I am still here. But it's like, in a way, it's not fair. I made it. And my baby didn't. I'm so, so sorry that you experienced a loss so devastating as you did. And the way that you experienced it is, is so unfair. And I don't even know how to bring you comfort in a moment like that. I, and I ask you what, you know, the grief must be just impossible at times. And I'm sure that that's, it doesn't go away. You know, have, having experienced loss myself, that's not something that just goes away. But are there things that do bring you comfort? What has been helping you heal through such a, a time of suffering? Um, I write my feelings down how I'm feeling like by the end of the day, how I felt, what happened. Um, I also write him a letter every night expressing how much I love him and how much I miss him. I mean, I thought I would have been okay holding him, but as soon as they placed him in my arms, I just fell apart seeing his feet and toes, his fingers, his ears, his lips, his nose, everything. It, I didn't, I like, I knew people that who had miscarriages or stillbirths or whatever reason. And I, not from experience, knew how much pain they were in, but talking to them 
and them explaining how they feel and what they're going through. Like, I honestly wish this doesn't happen to people. This should never happen. To, nobody deserves to experience this type of pain and this type of loss. Is there anything that bring, that gives you hope or strength for today and for the future? I would say my two kids that are here and him, I want to live my life for him and honor him in any way I can, whether it's talking about what I went through because just, I honestly don't know how anybody can go through this or get through it. It's so hard. And I think it's harder because people don't talk about it a lot. People feel alone when they experience it. And it's something that is hard to resurface every single day. You know, it's, it's there with you. It's never gonna go away, but to have to live through the moments again and again is, is so hard. And I wish you just the absolute best. I, I hope you find things that bring you comfort and bring you joy. It sounds like your husband is a rock and your children bring you that joy and love, that unconditional love that only they can bring. And I'm just, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. It's so unfair. And I so appreciate you being open to share your story because I do think other people who have experienced this will find comfort knowing that they are not alone. And I hope you find that same comfort with other people who have experienced this and truly, truly understand. Thank you. Thank you so much and take care. You too. Thank you for listening to Unexpecting. Join our community by following us on Instagram at Unexpecting Podcast. If you'd like to share your story on our show, email us at unexpectingpodcast at gmail.com. You can support this podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash unexpecting. Be kind to yourself. Be patient. And remember, today's teardrops are tomorrow's rainbows. Take care.